Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Way of the Fist. I'm Michael Hagan, your co-host, and in this week's episode, Jonathan and I talk about some of our martial arts history, and then we discuss some of our favorite martial arts that we were, or martial arts that we would like to do if we were not doing karate. So it's a it's a great conversation. We have a lot of fun this week, and I hope you enjoy it, and I hope it's thought provoking. So here it is. Hey Jonathan, how are you doing today? Hey Michael, how's it going? Everything is going great, man. I uh, I had a at a very early morning training today, and yeah. we uh, went out with uh, the the athlete that I'm working with locally, and we we spent a couple hours going over Anan and Anandai, and uh, it was it was a really good day. What about yourself? I you had a, wait wait wait. You, it was a, it was a good day going over Anandai. I, I'm gonna need to like I'm, I'm gonna write this down now that I've heard well, you say that. Let, let me, <laughs> Let me quantify. It was a great way to start the day doing karate training. Good, good training. And, and, okay, and, good, and, good. And helping, helping uh, one of our athletes. So, uh, Perfect. Let, let, let's qualify that, quantify that. I didn't yeah. do Anand and Anand. Okay. She okay. did Anand and Anand. <laughs> I, I gotcha. I gotcha. I was going to say, I think in a previous episode, we discussed our distaste for Anand. <laughs> Well, I don't know uh, if we've done it on air, but we have. Uh, for yeah, maybe not <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> so, yeah, true. But but you also had a uh, eventful karate day, right? I did. Yeah, we had a very very busy day today with a um, local karate tournament, um, the uh, Virginia AAU karate tournament. It's a kind of an interesting day, interesting situation here. You know the. For the past several years, AU Karate has been in Richmond with um, Renchi Mike Eggleston, well, Kyoshi Mike Eggleston, and uh, unfortunately he passed away. And you know, a new person stepped up and is running the tournament. And it was it was really it, it was I, I had very low expectations going into the event just because I wasn't really sure what was going to happen. But I, I was pleasantly surprised with the. Um, one, the people that were in attendance, um, and two, the amount of people that were in attendance, and thirdly, how smoothly it actually ran. I oh, was, wow. Uh, yeah, uh, that's, it's not often that I say that about a, a, any karate tournament from any organization, really, but it, it did. It, it ran very smoothly. Um, our athletes were very successful. Our program is, you know, it, it's clearly working. We, we had four athletes go, and every athlete medaled in everything that they did. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, so it was a good day. It was a good day. When, what, uh, no, what, well, well, hang on, wait a minute. When you well, said that you had an athlete, athlete's medal in every event, can you be a little yes. more specific? Um, how so, many, how many, how many gold medals did you did you bring back? Well, we had four athletes. We brought back four gold medals. Um, not all four of them got gold, though. Some of them got gold in multiple events. So one of my students competed in kata and kumite, got gold in both events. Another student um, competed kata kumite, got gold and a bronze. Um, another student competed in kata, got gold in kata, and then another student competed in kata and got silver in kata. Okay. So, Excellent. yeah. Excellent. Well, that's an awesome. That's an awesome showing. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you. They they've been. It's been interesting because um, we're we're technically in like our off season, mm-hmm. um, and and we haven't really been focusing on the like competition performance 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been mostly focusing on like strength and conditioning and kind of rebuilding our foundation and really stepping back and focusing on key home. Mm-hmm. And man, it's just, it, it's, it's funny how it just kind of translates directly into what they need and is kind of driving their, their athletic performance, even when they're not really thinking about their athletic performance, you know, it's funny how that happens. It's funny how that happens. Yep. They, they did a fantastic job. So well, what, uh, what shirt are you wearing? What, what do you got on right there? Oh, today, today I got yeah. my, my RBKD, my yeah. Shanghai North Sun Martial Arts Hukuyo Bujitsukan shirt on today. So it's really funny because I actually, I put that shirt on as I was like leaving my house to go to the karate <laughs> tournament. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. I'm pretty sure I, I think I need to put my own dojo t-shirt on at this, this event. So I, I switched it out. Oh, that's funny. But awesome. But yeah. thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for the shirt. It's one of my yeah. favorite shirts. So yeah, these are awesome. These are awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Well, kind of to get into today's topic. So today, what did we say we're going to talk? We're going to talk about our, what martial art we would do if we weren't doing karate and kobudo. So, just to set the stage again, both I do Okinawan Shoten Yu and Yamane Ryu Kobudo, and you do Goju Ryu and Matayoshi Kobudo. Okinawa Goju Ryu and Matayoshi. Right. Okay. Yeah. There is a difference. Yeah. I do Okinawan Goju Ryu. Okay. Yeah. So both very traditional, you know, and I and I hate to, dif- to 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 categorize it that way, but it's the easiest. Both very traditional karate and very mm-hmm. traditional kobudo. Right. But we both have, before we got to where we're at now, we're doing what we're doing, we both have other martial art experience, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, a pretty, pretty varied background for both of us, I believe. Yeah. So can you... Can, do you want to go first and kind of just give, I know we get an introduction, but kind of just list all the other martial art experience that you, that you have. I'm definitely going to miss some, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll just kind of throw them down quickly. But I started in uh, Shotokan Karate, which I am no longer doing. Obviously, I'm still karate, but yeah, you know, whatever. Um, Tang Sudo, which is Korean karate. I've done um, a little bit of Kali. I've done... Uh, like a Spanish version of Kali, they call it Spari Idaga, which is like a stick mm. and a knife. Okay. Um, yep, which is pretty fun. Uh, I've done um, some Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, we've done some Iaido. Um, and as well as the Shaolin Long Fist Gong Fu. Okay. Yep. So and- that's the abbreviated version. There's uh, there's several that I've, I know I'm not adding right now, but that's okay. And then that ties into oh you all, what about your shoden uh, shoden immediately yeah before? still 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 karate right okay <laughs> yeah but, but a different style right so. a ve- very yeah uh, we'll just say varied styles of karate before I landed with goju uh, okay. as my like forever home forever home <laughs> <laughs> yeah so okay so similarly uh, I didn't start martial arts until I was eighteen. Mm-hmm. and uh, there was only one karate school, but a friend of mine, I didn't know anybody there, but a friend of mine from high school introduced me to the ITF Taekwondo school that she went to. So that was my that's, first. It's better than WTF, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll just leave it, we'll leave it there. So I started there, 
within uh, a couple months, I was invited to a private uh, Kali class mm-hmm. there, and I did that for uh, for several months. Uh, I don't remember what happened. I think that it was a an army scout who was assigned to the army base near next to our town, and I think then he went on deployment or whatever, and that kind of ended that. But it, but that went on for several months. Then mm-hmm. going to Japan doing uh, studio karate, which was my main karate style until I transitioned to what I'm doing now. But also in Japan, I had an experience doing uh, kendo for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the uh, administrators that oversaw the international student program uh, did kendo, and he took me uh, quite a few times to, to kendo in the in the evenings, and we did that for a little while. Very difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, no formal Iaido training, but a little bit. Um, at, a, at a later date, I didn't do any Iaido then. I did a very little bit uh, when I was back in Alaska. And also uh, some Chen, Chen style Tai Chi, mm. which is a little bit more dynamic than your, your normal like slow uh, Yang style. I did that for a little bit before uh, going to uh, California where I started with Oshiro Sensei doing Shodan Yu and Yamane Yu. But I also, uh, prior to moving where I am now, I did six months of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And Mm -hmm. if I hadn't gotten injured, I I would have been, uh, I would have gotten my blue belt with that. So obviously still a white belt, but I got injured about six months in. Um, It was your shoulder? Yeah, it was my left shoulder, correct. Yeah. And and you were um, training with your daughter, right? Doing? uh, We were going to separate. It was separate classes, okay. uh, separate separate times and separate classes. Yeah. Or sometimes the classes happened at the same time, but just in different yeah. an adult class and then a junior's class. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, we were we were doing that together, and she was learning a lot. But I, you know, as as far as I, I I was told already that had I not been prior to being injured, I was told if you continue on training how you are, you'll get your blue belt. You should get your blue belt before you know, within that, that year timeframe, mm-hmm. which was actually my, my goal was just the yeah. blue belt yeah. because I saw the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu as a, um, supplement, right. So to like, to, to see something different, to make myself a little more comfortable on the ground, not necessarily just about the locks and stuff, but so anyways, you and I both have even a lot of overlap within there. You mentioned Kali, I mentioned Kali, Brazilian mm-hmm. Jiu Jitsu, and then a few, a few other things in there. Yeah. So I guess the question for today is, if you weren't doing the karate and kobudo that you're doing now, well, let, let me ask you this though. Okay. Is this a okay? If we could go back in time, or if we're starting right now? Uh, if we were, I, I, not so much a go back in time, right? Okay. I, I, I'm not because that kind of implies, like, oh, I wish I could have done that instead. Well, no, uh, the reason why I ask is because I think it kind of, um, it opens up different training ideas um, that I would have liked to have done when I was younger, not that I wish I did something different, Uh, but I don't know that in my advanced age, I necessarily want to do currently. (laughs) Well, hang on, hang on here, hang on here. When when you talk about your advanced age, we, we have to, we have to quantify that there is still at least yeah. a, a 10 year, if not, I think it's 12 year, uh, difference there. Yeah. I think, I think maybe, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but so, yeah, I think well, you see what I'm saying, you know, I like, see what yeah, you're saying. yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's just go. If, if 
hypothetically speaking, you were no longer able to do what you were doing now, or you okay. chose you, or you just randomly, whatever, for whatever reason, chose to pur pursue something different. Okay. What would that okay. be? Okay. I'm, I'm good with that. I think I may pepper in the, uh, okay. if yeah. I could, if yeah. I could do it at a little bit of a younger age, I, I would like to have done that. Uh, yeah. Cause Absolutely. I think it's fun to talk about and it might tie into a previous episode too. So, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, go ahead. So. All right, well, we'll start with that one then. Um, recently, we spoke about uh, movies. Yes. Right, and movies that have influenced us. And a lot of the movies that are, were on both of our lists were wushu-based. Mm. Mm. And I think that would have been incredible to, uh, to study um, for myself, especially with my body type, um, yeah. being as flexible as I am and being able to you know kind of do the things that i i can do yes. with my body even even at even in my quote unquote advanced age you know I, I i still think you know wushu would have been right up my alley and speaking as a, like a as a competitor and even watching the performances at the olympic level you know mm -hmm. I, I was always just just mind blown by what they can do as a performance and i i think that would have been really 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 fun yeah yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's funny that you mentioned Wushu because, you know, uh, a I've never met this person, um, but they're a friend of multiple friends of mine. But Pat McGale in California, mm -hmm. who actually lives close to where I used to live in California, uh, half American, half Okinawan, grew up in Okinawan, in Okinawa. Sorry. Uh, grew up learning Okinawa Kempo, moved to the United States. Didn't find a karate dojo home, but then started doing wushu and did mm. wushu for ten years, I believe it was. He said he was a, he was a guest on, and our friend Josh's Okinawa Karate podcast. Yeah, and I was really fascinated to hear him talk about his transition and then the training in wushu, but then ultimately finding his way back to Okinawa Karate, mm. uh, Yu. And so, but, but that, that wushu, you know, very dynamic, he posted pictures and stuff like that. And so you, I think that would, like you said, I think that would have been a great match for you, especially with your high kicks. And stuff. Yeah. 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 I think so. That would have been a lot of fun. What about, what about you? What's your, what have you got? So I have two separate ones. Oh, I've got two more to add too. Oh, I you've got two more. We were to going. Add. I, I thought. Oh. I thought we were just going back and forth. Like, no, oh. well, <laughs> no, no, no. I want. I want because I. I mean, mine. Mine go in two different directions for two different reasons. So, yeah, okay, my next I'll, ones aren't necessarily in parallel. So go ahead, and you can. Okay, you tell I'll, me your next one. I'll, I'll yeah. give you one. So, yeah. if I was going to do a, how should I describe it? If 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 I was going to do a different martial art that wasn't karate but was still a i guess i don't want to say combat but contact or uh self-defense related mm -hmm. martial art i would go with kali mm. um yeah. beca because the the little bit that i did and that was in 1993 to 19 uh no 92 into 1993 during that time frame so you know almost a long time ago um, really has stuck with me, has really resonated in me. The, the concept of parry check killing blow, for example, the, the touch, 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 
Um, the yeah. ability to go from empty hand, empty hand to empty hand knife, empty hand stick, stick knife, uh, stick stick, knife knife, uh, that whole range. And what really struck me was when we were talking about it, when I was learning it, you know, at the, I was learning it at the same time that I, or I was training it at the same time I was training Taekwondo. Mm -hmm. And the instructor at the time, he made a comment, we were practicing and he's like, look, when we're training, we're hitting the stick or we're coming against the stick or maybe against the arm. But if I had a knife, it would be against, you know, the wrist, mm -hmm. the, the, the arteries on the wrist or this, even the, the, the parry and the check would be against the wrist. You know, if I was going with a knife, but then like the third one would be against the jugular or against the temple or something like that. Right. So the thought that struck with me was, oh, we're not playing anymore. We're, this is not tag. Right. We're talking about actual violence. Right. We're talking about actual violence. And so yes. if I was going to go to, uh, you know, a non-Japanese based or uh, non-competition or the, the karate that we're doing now, if I was mm -hmm. going to do something completely different, it would definitely be... Um, Kali for, for those yeah. reasons. I, I, I agree with that. I like that. Um, that's not on my list of what I would probably go to next, but when I did do Kali, my favorite aspect of it is something that you touched on was the fact that you can transition from complete empty hand to stick, to stick, 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 knife, whatever combination. And the movement doesn't change. Correct. Right. The movement doesn't change and the mindset doesn't change, but maybe the, 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 like you said, the kind of the targeting or where we're going to does change, but the uh, muscle memory is created through that repetition of whatever it is that you're doing. And, but the mindset is very like forward and, and, you know, make it happen. So, well, one other thing that I, I was listening to, I was listening to somebody talk about Kali and I can't remember exactly who it was. Mm hmm but it created in my mind, we, we have a, it, it was, we, we create a false disconnect, I think, when in many times or, or many instructors teaching karate, because we frame karate as a form of unarmed self-defense. Right. And we frame it in the mind that we're not always necessarily going up against a skilled attacker. Right. We're out, we're out on the street, somebody comes up and they, uh, you know, there's a physical confrontation and we have to defend ourselves and then get away from that. But when you're Kali people, they always frame their training or their mindset around the other person is just as skilled, if not more skilled with the same set of weapons as mm -hmm. I am. So yeah. it's not the, the mental approach to it to the to the combat or to to the, the to the fighting is very different is that i'm not going against an unskilled attacker i'm going right. against a very skilled practitioner and right. i have to be better than them yeah and i, I think that kind of translates um into a, a more modern realistic approach to to you know the training and maybe it's because of the circles that i run in are very specific nowadays but i feel like i can't run into anybody who hasn't had some kind of training, you know, uh, a year or two here in this, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu dojo, or, you know, I did five years of karate over here and I moved, and I don't do it anymore, but I don't know too many people offhand that don't have some kind of 
training or interest in training or, you know, at least a, a good amount of time spent on Sensei YouTube, you know, so, you know, it, it, it it's true. Well, and not only that, because that actually brings up a point that when I went to the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu school mm-hmm. and I, and the school was very high level. It was, you know, the, the instructor was Pedro Sauer, who was mm-hmm. a direct student of Helio Gracie and Hickson Gracie. He was brought in to train by Hickson Gracie. So, but the student population there was incredibly diverse. Mm. And to the point in what that, way? Well, there were, what I mean is that there were people in there that you would not, that if you saw on the street, you would never assume. Oh, uh, yeah were martial artists or practice right. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Or did that. I mean, there were, there was a lady, uh, a black belt or mm-hmm. she, she got your, she got her black belt while I was there. She was a brown belt when I, when I was in there, but looked like just somebody's grandma. Just unassuming. Just unassuming. Right. Yeah. There were, there were women of all ages, men of all ages, all different colors. But I mean, there were people who, when you look at them, you know, not to stereotype people, but you look at somebody on the street and you're like, oh, okay, that dude's fit or that girl's fit. I could see she could be, you know, doing something. But there were people of all body shapes and all body types, overweight, yeah. chubby, pudgy. But once they once they got on the mat, they're tossing yeah. you around left and right. And so they flip that switches and they become a badass. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so, or you know, at least you know, like yourself, very, very, very slender, very trim. And you're like, ah, oh, that kid, like he weighs like, you know, 75 pounds, right? And then next thing you know, you, you know, he's got you in a triangle choke or something. Yeah. But what that does is that highlights when you're out in town, you're out walking around, you, you have to assume, you, let me phrase that, you cannot assume that the other person is unskilled. Right. Yeah. I you, agree. Ha- you have to assume. And that's where what I, what I really liked about, about Kali is, is that that, training methodology or that training mentality was baked in from the very beginning. Hmm. And the other part too is the, I guess the, the realism aspect. Mm-hmm. I mean, even our Kobudo, right? We we're just, we're playing with a stick, right? Yeah. And even Sai, they're not sharpened. Tompa, you know, yeah, if you get to Kama, you're talking about a bladed weapon, but in Kali, you, you know, there's uh, the fact that you're working with knives, blades, mm-hmm. and those can be little, you know, pocket knives up to machete-sized blades, right? right? The, right. the same length as the as your stick, your collie sticks. Um, that's built in from the beginning, so the the seriousness of it is imparted very early from the very beginning. Right, right, yeah, I agree. Okay. So now you had another one or two more, I think you said. Yep, I've got another one and similar vein in uh, that we're talking about bladed weapons, sort of, um, but totally different, um, non, non-Japanese non art. Mm. Um, but I think that if I could get into fencing, oh, that would be just right up my alley, especially, you know, as I look at 
what I have now in my repertoire of kumite techniques, mm. there are so many overlaps with yes. fencing. Yes. And the, the a lot of the principles of karate are exactly reversed of fencing as well. Um, and, and I think it would be a lot of fun to just play with that and, you know, be competitive with uh, fencing and just study something completely different, you know? Yeah, yeah I Have think that would be a lot of fun. So I watched... I watched a fair amount of fencing at the Olympics yep. th this year. Um, mm -hmm. You know, everything was, you could stream it on demand basically. So mm -hmm. uh, I really enjoyed watching the fencing, just how dynamic it was. Yeah. So, but now, okay. So now let's be specific here. What style of fencing would you do? Well, you know, you've got the, um, the the ape the uh -huh. rapier and the foil they're right. like the three different three different versions and um, so actually it's probably about eight years ago now maybe maybe even a little bit longer probably probably closer to ten years I guess I actually went to a um, an Olympic fencing academy oh and I you never I did, told me that uh, well you know I can't can't give it all away on the first date. <laughs> The first date, the first date, it's been like years. <laughs> We're like coming up on our fourth anniversary, I think. I know. Well, you got, got to keep it spicy, you know. <laughs> so I, I did. I went and I did um, some training there. And what, what they were telling me, the coaches that were at this uh, facility, you have to do them all. You just have to do them all. Okay. Um, and then once you uh, kind of find your groove and your, what you like and your specialty. And then you can kind of like focus on that, but you've, you've got to be able to do them all. And they, the way they teach them there is sort of progressive. You know, everybody mm. starts with the, the AP like and then, and then you move forward. Yeah. Okay. So Cause when I, yeah. when I was watching, I really noticed the difference because, uh, like Epi or whatever, uh, you can only score with the tip, right? So it's a lot of Correct. thrusting. It's, it's right? thrusting, right? Thrusting. Where and with like saber, the... saber, you can you can you can hit you, wherever, you can slash, you can score, you can slash and cut, yeah. and, and everything. So that one, to me, like I could see the difference in technique, yeah, the, the fighting style between those two were were dramatically different. Dramatically different, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I. I if if I were to do it though, I think I would like to get very specific about those attacks and defenses where and and maybe they are, but sometimes when you watch them, you're like, man, they are just like thrashing about, and then like if something lands, their electronic vest tells them that they got the point, and then they're like, yeah, I got it. Um, but yeah, I I think that would be a, a really fun. You know, I, I've watched going back to our movies, right? Oh, oh, what was um, it? What is it? What, what, Eric what, Roberts. Well, Eric Roberts. No, it's not actually. I was gonna say um, the Mask of Zorro. Oh, Mask of Zorro. Mask or, of Zorro. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mask of Zorro is good. There's also an Eric Roberts movie, even though Best of the Best. I think it was best Eric Roberts best, right? who did yeah. a fencing movie. Uh, really? I don't I don't have it uh, the name of it off my head, but you'll have to. I might have to look that one up. Yeah, yeah I, I think it was Eric Roberts did a fencing movie um, hmm. around the same time as Best of the Best. Best of the Best. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. See. Okay. Yeah, so, all right. So fencing—that's that's an excellent one. Um, did you so think now, I was going to go there? I did not think you were going to go to fencing. So yeah, but I've always had, I've always 
like the idea of fencing. I've never known anybody that fences. Actually, one of my daughter's uh, good friends now said she used to do fencing mm-hmm. for a little bit, but then it just became a conflict with school and some of her other activities. Yeah. Um, but I've always had an interest in it. Yeah. Uh, again, it's sword fighting, right? What you know? I mean, What's not to love? Yeah. You know, and, and and you mentioned you know Zorro, but obviously you know Three Musketeers. Three so, Musketeers, yeah. Right. So that could I be mean D'Artagnan. But and that goes back to I mean I've read all of that you know Dumas back when I was in high school and college, you know Man in the Iron Mask, uh, the Three Musketeers, all of that you know goes straight back into you know fencing is the modern yes you know yeah iteration of that so. I think that's excellent. I, I've always, in fact, you know, after, after the Olympics, there's several uh, fencers, um, like one Japanese fencer or two Japanese fencers that I follow on Instagram now because they mm-hmm. popped up on my feed during the Olympics. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. Let me look at that yeah. some more. There's um, um, there's one that's really inspiring to me. I think she's on the Italian team. Um, but her name is Bebe Vio. Okay. Let me let me hold up. Let me pull up her Instagram while we're. Yeah, you'll have to you'll have to send that to me. Yeah, um, uh, her name is uh, Beatrice Vio, but her Instagram is like b e b e underscore v i o, and she's a okay. she's a Italian fencer, but um, she's a, a Paralympic athlete. Okay. And oh, I might have man, seen that. Yeah, you. I think we've actually talked about it uh, a couple years ago, but I, I follow her stuff all the time, and it's just incredibly inspiring to watch what she can do yeah so well and then you know speaking of fencing the u.s team there's a a male and female athlete who are are a couple who are married Mm -hmm. and both were able to go to tokyo i believe both went to tokyo yeah uh to represent the united states what an incredible like thing to share with your partner like that's amazing yeah yeah exactly yeah um so all right so then uh Okay, fencing. So I have one more that I would do. Um, well, I think your last one and my last one, I think they're the same. They I might think be the same. They might, they might be, be the same. same. So yeah. I'll go first, and then you can tell me. Um, so oh, wait, 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 hey, let's do let's do uh, count of three. We'll just say it. Okay, one. Ready? Hang on. One, two. Kendo. Or, I'm sorry, kudo. Kudo. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. <laughs> you didn't say three. I said one, on two, the count of three. You okay, got it. One, three. two, three. One, two, three. Kudo. Kudo. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Kudo. Okay. All right. You threw me when you said kendo first. I was like, yeah, wait a well, second. Because you mentioned kendo earlier in a text message yeah. earlier today, and it just got stuck in my mind. I got you. Um, yeah. So kudo, yeah. So, you know, kudo is kind of a weird, weird one for me. It's not something... Mm-hmm that uh i've been looking at for years Mm -hmm. uh it's it's actually been within the last i would say two years um before when i looked at it i was like ah so boring like you know you can go on youtube and you can you know there's tournaments and there's you can look at it's like it takes so long and it's boring and what are they doing and you know it's not like modern archery where you you know you can watch it. I mean, and like, I love watching modern archery, especially in Olympics. Like I talked about, I mentioned the Koreans yeah. earlier and whatnot, but, and I, and I love it. Um, or even like the, even like the Japanese horseback archery, you know, it's yeah, not even as right. like, I dynamic mean, it's, it's as not that. E- yeah. Exactly. And so, yeah. but with over the past two years, I've uh, started to look at a lot more. Yeah. Um, 
And I think what draws me to it is, again, when I talked about Kali, I, I differentiated between kind of a contact or combat or application-based system. Well, this is the opposite of that. This yeah. is, if I was going to do something that, um, or what, let me phrase that, was, was not that or was more for just the art, the martial art, the Budo aspect of it, rather mm -hmm. than like a Bujitsu type mindset, it would be Kudo because when I look at it now, I, I have a much greater appreciation. Maybe it's being more advanced. Um, <laughs> but the mental side of it, I think, is yeah. what draws me more to it. Yeah. And controlling your mind, controlling the body, using the mind to control the body. Um, we move so much in karate that, and this is something that I even have to talk about with my athletes, is we go, we get in the habit of going through the motions and we just go through the motions without, oftentimes it's difficult to engage the mind and be mindful when we're doing that. But with Kudo, oh. I mean, and I know that's not a very good analogy and we can talk about it more, but especially at, at, at certain levels, but with Kudo, you have to do that. You have to be, the mindfulness part of it has to be there from from the beginning i guess if you will uh explain a little bit more okay so and i'll give you an, an example um when i'm working with my athletes for example and you've heard me say this before but i i i, I when they start doing kata mm -hmm. they get in the they get in the habit of just doing the kata and so right. they when they start they may be really focused on trying to make the corrections or do the things that they want, but somewhere in the middle, it just, they just like their body starts to take over and they just want to finish the kata without yeah. focusing on being aware of what their body is actually doing. Right. Whereas in Kudo, you have to be more, you have to be paying attention to what your body is doing from the very beginning. You is one, mm. because once you get out of that, it becomes very obvious. And I'll give you an example. Uh, I saw an Instagram post a few weeks ago, and I don't think I sent it to you, but um, it was like a, a video clip of this, uh, some coaching that was going on. And it wasn't about pulling the bow back or holding the bow or holding the arrows. It was actually about how to walk in and then how to turn the body mm -hmm. and... Uh, the instructor was talking about how you have to keep your foot flat. You can't pick your heel up off the floor, right. which is a modern way of walking. But keeping the foot flat when you're moving is very a hallmark of Japanese, traditional mainland Japanese martial arts. Yeah. And this, 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 uh, this, the student was not able to figure out how to not pick her heel up when she moved her foot hmm. because you know, that's not, she's not, not yet able to be aware of her body enough mentally mm -hmm. to be able to make that. And that's not even about, like I said, about pulling the bow or 
aiming the bow or shooting the arrows. We haven't even gotten to the bow yet. We haven't even gotten to the bow yet. We're still in walking and turning to get in line and how to enter the dojo. So to me, that that mental control or that that emphasis on the mental aspects of it uh, is kind of what appeals to me about Kudo. See, and I would would argue that, and for myself included, that many people would want to pursue something like that, and karate included as well, to do exactly the opposite of what you're discussing, right? To get to the point where we are doing without thought. Well, yes. (laughs) Ultimately, I think that's the (laughs) end goal. But but I mean... There is no end. well, Well, yeah the angle there is no end that's true i mean i guess maybe maybe i'm not explaining i think i i i get what you're saying um and and i think like the way you're explaining it the 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 idea is that it, that's still very much in the early development of the kudoka or the karateka even is the fact that you have to be so mindful of positioning you have to be so mindful of your heel as it's you know your foot leaving the floor and not your heel first and then your toes or anything like that but as the you know the kudoka or karateka is you know getting that muscle memory developed and that practice and that constant awareness of everything that you're doing it gets to a point where the body will take over and do what it's supposed to do Mm-hmm. when you enter that environment where you know that's supposed to happen. So here's a question then, I guess. Maybe, yeah. well, okay. Well, so maybe, let me phrase this then. Maybe a better way of putting it is, for me, the draw in that is because it's less, it's less physical, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, when I look at even myself, right, sometimes, you know, because sometimes I'm able to do that. Not all of us can, you know, it's, it, it's hard to get to that point, right? Right. The punching and the kicking can sometimes actually be the distraction. Yeah. Right. So, and, and again, this may not be as, as well thought out or maybe not thought out, but and maybe I'm just not able to articulate the thoughts that I have. You're able to focus on those things or find that mental focus mm-hmm. because you're not focusing on the punching and the kicking. So let's let's take it to a different place. Maybe, maybe because I'm just you, not explaining this very well. You 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 do you practice a little bit of shodo? Yes. Okay. Not so, as much as you these days, though. <laughs> I don't know. I, these past two weeks have been a little bit rough on my practice. But anyways, um, you, you have a uh, particular character. It's one of your favorites to write. Mm. Which one is that? Dragon. If you could pick. Dragon, right? Yeah. So as you're writing that, and I would imagine even as much as you've practiced it, there's still a lot of thought that goes into you writing that character. Mm right? You're focusing on the stroke, you're focusing on the angle in which the brush is touching paper, you're focusing on the time it's taking for you to connect one stroke to the next stroke, where there's a lot of thought that goes into writing any individual character. But what about when you write your name? In English? Sure, we'll say that. How (laughs) how, how much thought gets put into you writing your name? Uh, 
Well, considering that when I write my name in English, it's really just a, a scribble line on the paper, nothing. Right. <laughs> well, when you look at the two, right? Yeah, yeah. Your 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 signature becomes very, you know, illegible. But you yeah. know what it says, and most people who see it have that have seen your signature can recognize right. it as your signature, right? Right. And at some point in time in your Shoto journey. Right, you're going to get to a point where your the way you're writing dragon is going to be very similar to how you write your name, and it there there it may be even illegible to a lot of people until you put like on the bottom like a little plaque or something that says dragon, and then people are going to be like, oh man, that's so can. beautiful, and now I can see it too. Hmm. You know what I mean? But that's yeah. that that moment of, I think it's called mushin. <laughs> Yeah, something like that. There's something like that. Something right? like that. Right. Yeah. It's the same it's the same process in all all art. Yeah. 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 Okay, but so now you you kudo why why kudo for you? Um for very similar reasons that I actually practice shoto. I I I I enjoy those moments where I can like sit down and I can write and I can look at it and say, okay, this can be better. Um, but I also really enjoy um, like tactile experiences. So like mm -hmm. earlier in this year, I started doing pottery. My wife mm -hmm. got me a, um, a subscription to uh, the uh, a school here to like go in and use their wheels and try throwing on the wheel. And, you know, it's so frustrating and so difficult. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, it is, yeah, but I, it I, is. I found like this kind of uh, immense joy in doing it and creating something with my hands. And I think that with uh, Kudo, it's kind of that similar idea in that kind of like what you're talking about, we're getting into almost um, meditative situations right. with Kudo. And, but still having that, that, that tactile awareness of mm -hmm. your body and everything that you're, everything that you discussed pretty much. Yeah. I think you're able to explain it better. I think we're talking about almost the same thing. <laughs> I think you articulated it a little bit better than I did. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just got to think about all the things that I knew you should be saying yeah. while you were saying it. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and it's funny that you brought up the Shodo aspect. Yeah. Because I've noticed how to describe this. My emotional state or my mental state is readily apparent as mm -hmm. soon as I try to write. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There were times last year, again, in the midst, midst of all this, um, you know, let's just say there were times last year where, where I had a lot of difficulty in, in a variety of levels um, that I tried to write and I would get about two characters in before basically throwing my brush onto yeah. the paper and just wanting to scream that nothing like it, like my... I could not even begin to write mm -hmm. because of, I could tell, you know, and I thought like, okay, yeah, today I'm going to practice and I'm going to do whatever. But yeah. all this crap that was in there in the background came to the yeah. forefront and it expressed itself in my writing immediately. 
Yeah. Or, or and, the and, inability and, to write. And maybe even ways that you didn't even think until you stepped back and looked at it and you were like, golly, like clearly. Right. Right. And you had, you had an exceptionally difficult year last year with a lot of the things that were going on in your, your personal life. I mean, shoot, I think you and I FaceTimed with each other more than I spoke with my own wife, just so I could check on you to make sure that you were doing okay, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was family separation and there was a yeah. whole bunch of, there was a, 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 a variety of different things going on. Yeah. Um, but at that same time, I was training karate almost every day. Mm-hmm. And that same, the, that same feeling didn't present itself in the karate training as it did as soon as I tried to pick up a brush. It's because you don't get an endorphin spike the same way you do when you are doing a physical uh, training like karate. You, you don't really get that same like euphoria or high when you are you know, sitting down. You, you, you probably get more of a headache when you're feeling those kinds of emotions or whatever oh. and you're trying to concentrate and write where you can work through it when you're doing a physical aspect like lifting or training or going for a run it's a it's a different so different chemical reaction in your brain well then, well then that you know for example the 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 question i guess the, the 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 curious aspect of that would have been had i been doing judo at the time mm. versus karate right if right. If, if i was going how would that have had the same I guess, physical manifestation or mental manifestation in my Kudo as it did in my Shodo. That might have been more like middle of the road between the two of them, right? Because with Kudo, at least you'd still be, you, you still have an active part. Right. And from my uh, like very limited experience with archery, um, you, you still get a bit of a rush from shooting. You're yeah. still like you're shooting something, and that's right. you know when you when you loose that arrow, it man, it's it's exciting. There's yeah. an excitement that comes with that, even you know, even as you try to combat that and quiet your mind as you're you know performing that art. Um, it's I think it's going to be something that would have happened if you were doing that last year. Mm. See, that's an interesting, interesting uh, parallel to see like what would have happened. So there's, yeah. I've, I've found a kudo place here mm. or, or what used to be, I just don't know if they are actually training right now. Mm. Um, I, I think they were training pre COVID. I just mm-hmm. don't know if there's anything happening now. I need to, to reach out and see if maybe that's something that I can, can try just to, uh, get an experience. So, yeah. Do you have any any others or any anything else? Because I have one other slightly associated, but uh, well, not yeah, I really have one, in my top. I have one more, um, uh, and, and I was kind of battling with which one I actually wanted to discuss uh, when I brought up fencing. But the other one would be kendo. I, I would love to do kendo, but for pretty much all the same reasons that I love doing Kumite now. I love that, you know, the competition aspect, that back and forth. I love the, you know, um, impact and, and all of that, that, that goes with that. So nothing too deep. I think the, uh, the better answer for what we were discussing tonight for me was fencing. So yeah. 
What's, what's your what's your last one? Well, I mean, before before I I give that, I th- you know, there's the sword will always. I mean, throughout history, right? The sword has been the the, yeah. the primary weapon for much longer than we've had firearms, right? So I just want to prepare myself for when the, the eventuality comes. Well, no, 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 for the eventuality of the lightsaber. Yes. Yes, that's true. That's true. I mean, when we do actually get it, we do want to be, but also Kali, right? I mean, yeah, I don't exactly. know, like I've, I've, I've seen Doug, Doug Mark, uh, Marcada's, uh, Kali lightsaber thing, lightsaber that he puts thing on yeah. his Instagram and TikTok. I don't know. He, it looks like he cuts his neck a little bit with his saber, man. I'm just like, yeah, I don't, you shouldn't be holding them back here like that. <laughs> you know, so, so like the sword, the sword will always, you know, I mean, and, and I, and I considered talking about, um, like a traditional Japanese, you know, Kenjutsu or even Iaido. Um, because like I said, I, I had very briefly at a different period, I had, I'd done a very little bit of Iaido. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the, the very beginning, uh, uh, Gata, I think, or, mm-hmm. or Seite Kata, or Seite Kata, sure. yeah. Seite Kata, you know, and so I, I did that very briefly when I was in between, between stuff. Um, you know, so Kenjutsu is always, you know, the sword is always, you know, a favorite, right? You, you can always fall back and be like, oh, I'm going to go do this, you know, uh, yeah. uh, Katori Shinto Ryu or Yagyu Shinkage Ryu, right? Some of these old school, traditional Japanese Bujutsu. Yeah. But the like my I guess my 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 alternate that I've also been looking at lately um, is Aikido. Hmm, that's interesting. I kind of blindsided me there. I didn't expect you to say that. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, uh, yeah. I actually got. Uh, I'm not sure if it's it's on this bookshelf or not, but I've got an Aikido book that I got last mm-hmm. year. Um, uh, there's a couple of different, you know, Aikido things I've started to follow on Instagram, just looking at. And, but see, it's, it's, it's also one of those things that I would like to, and this is why I didn't really include it, is I want to go, I want to talk to somebody about it and I want to yeah. like explore some of the things and, mm-hmm. and look at it, but it's not something that I really want to train. Like, right. uh, like I want to, exp- because I mean, we have wrist locks, we have throws, we have joint techniques, and you know, all of that is in karate. All of that is in kata. Yes. I, you know, I have, you know, I've done, uh, you know, I did a seminar from small circle jujitsu with Wally J mm-hmm. a long time ago. Um, you know, the the Brazilian jujitsu. So, you know, I've done other uh, grappling type things uh, uh, and other uh, self defense or combatives type programs before yeah. that has some of those things. But I, I just want to spend some time, I think, talking with somebody yeah. who's really proficient in Aikido about some of their body mechanics, yeah, um, and some of the some of why they do certain things. The yeah. one thing that I don't like, and it's kind of again, this is coming from a karate background, and so I want to know. I, this would be one of my topics of conversation as to why. But when we look at Bunkai, for example, mm-hmm. you're reacting to an attack or an offensive movement from the other person. Right. But when I look at Aikido a lot of times, what I see is the defending person basically invites the other person to try to grab them a lot of times. Right. Like they'll actually stick their arm out 
and then the other person will grab it or reach for it and then they'll do the throw or the takedown or whatever. Yeah. I just want to talk to somebody about, and it's the, the method of training. So it's not the actual, I don't have any issues with the, or about the actual Aikido techniques. Mm -hmm. It's the, the, I guess the training mythology is that's my, that's my question that I want to have asked, but is the why behind it? Why do they do it that way? Yeah. Um, but I also do want to, I, I would like to have the opportunity at some point to train some of like the body mechanics and see, because some of the things are very similar to, you know, the way they stand, the way they move. Um, mm -hmm. I see similarities yeah. in, in a lot of different things. So um, that's something. You just want to feel more like a samurai and, you know, dress up in your hakama. And... Well, no, I, I can do that during my kobudo <laughs> anyways. But they also yeah. do weapons things. You know, they, yes, do, they, they do. do with the jo. The, the jo, they, yeah. The, the bokto or the boken. Um, I think if I were to look at... Uh, Aikido. I think the the thing that I would want to study like more is their ukemi. Yeah. Um, because I, I I don't know too many people that are as good at break falling as an Aikidoka. You yeah. Know, they're they just they spend so much time with it, and you know they they're just so smooth with how they can roll out and get back up and roll again and keep going. I, I yeah. think that's that's probably the area of Aikido that I'm most impressed with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if you've, if you've read, maybe this could be um, like a, a future book review or something down the road, down the road, maybe next year. But I don't know if you've read angry white pajamas or a recent variation on that is suck it up or go home. So hmm. in the uh, Yoshinkan Aikido organization, now it's gone through several, permutation permutations and changes as people have passed and organization splits like it often does in karate even but they have a program where the um japanese uh, i'm sorry the tokyo riot police will mm -hmm. send officers through a aikido program it's called the senshusei program mm -hmm. and then about 20 or 30 years ago they started a um like a foreigner version for Gaikokujin huh. to to go and participate in that. And so there's two books that have been written about people's experiences in that. The first one being Angry White Pajamas and the second one is uh, that just came out last year actually is uh, Suck It Up or Go Home or something like that. I'll have and to so, check that out. Yeah. Very good. Very interesting. Again, and, you know, as, as having lived in Japan myself, that uh, there was stuff that I found that I could relate to. So it was a fun read. For, mm. for both of those different perspectives um but also very interesting ideal yeah. good so any uh any last minute topics you want to cover about other martial arts or anything like that uh, no i think i pretty much covered what i would want to do i don't know you know what just as a, as a last one real quick i think for my size Sumo would also be a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, then. That's a, that's a good place to end it, right? <laughs> Let's just end it right there. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan yeah. doing sumo, I think, sumo. would be, um, it would be fun to watch once. 
it'd be once. fun. I'm sure it'd be I'm sure it'd be fun for you to do once. <laughs> yeah. I, I I'd get like that good thirty second well not even thirty seconds, I could like first maybe four seconds before I just get completely tossed out. <laughs> and so yeah. I mean I'm not gonna lie, I love watching sumo. Yeah, sumo is really great. Uh I went I've been to two or three uh, events when I was living in Japan or or that coincided with other travel and I was able to go watch. I've mm-hmm. I've met one of the American Hawaiian uh, Yokozuna, Musashi Maru, who is now uh, has a stable as a coach and has his own stable. He's retired a long time ago, but um, I met him like in 1997, maybe something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched now, now that it's on YouTube, I mean, you can, you can stream stuff on YouTube. I didn't even realize this till just a couple of years ago, but every, I watch the tournament, like in the November tournament is starting this week or next week. Um, I have to check. Yeah. And so I, I love watching it. People, even Japanese people are like, why do you, why are you so attracted to watching someone? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. There's something, something, something about, about it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Would you ever try it? Like if you were, if you were <laughs> no, given the never. opportunity just to like, never. just not no. never. No, I'll go and watch it. In fact, on one of my, I think it was my work trip when I went to Tokyo in 2017, I, I tried to go watch morning practice, um, but yeah. it was, they were actually out at, at a tournament in Kyushu. So there was no uh, okay. in Tokyo yeah. at that time. Yeah. It, it overlapped with a Kyushu tournament. Um, or Osaka Kyushu, I think. Okay. So there was nobody, nobody there. But uh, no, I, I I love to go watch it. I wanted to go to the stable and watch morning training and and whatnot. But it's not ever anything that's been interesting to me to to, to actually <laughs> try. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it would end very well for me either. I just no. thought it would be fun to. It it it, it would be fun. <laughs> I would love to watch it. yeah yeah so all right well any last words jonathan today uh no keep uh keep training hard and 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 don't be afraid to you know find that diversity in training too absolutely absolutely all right so for our listeners everybody uh thank you for sticking with us and thank you for tuning in to the way of the fist podcast and tune in next time all right take care